0: Inventing tomorrow starts now. And here are your hosts, Vanessa Alava and Sue Robinson. Welcome to the We Get Real AF podcast. I'm Vanessa Alava. And I'm Sue Robinson.
1: Before we get started today, we would so appreciate it if you would subscribe, rate, and comment on the show.
0: Today, we're exploring how immersive technology can bring us closer together and how location-based entertainment brings art to life with XR innovator Layla Amir-Sadegi, founder of Mesh, where she and her network of collaborators make extraordinary shit happen. Woo-hoo. I love that so much. <laughs> Mesh is a consultancy which provides guidance, planning, and execution of XR projects, immersive installations, and interactive experiences. Layla, welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you for having me.
2: It's great to be on. Awesome.
0: So tell us a little bit about yourself and walk us through your career journey up to this point.
2: Yeah. So a little bit of background, born in Iran, grew up in London, uh, live in Los Angeles. Um, I've been at the intersection of entertainment, technology, and events for the past 20 plus years. And about four years ago, I was paying attention to um how much people were actually enjoying some of the experiential activations we were doing but they weren't really public facing and at the same time both meow wolf and museum of ice cream came to market and both of which sort of took off like welfare and just watching that success people really wanted to interact with their entertainment they wanted it to be social they wanted it to be connected they wanted it to be immersive and not just a passive viewing experience as we'd ex- as we'd had all these years. And that's when I decided to focus on location-based and immersive entertainment. So I joined Dome in 2017, and that is where I was uh, where I first experienced mixed reality and the power of immersive media. And um, launched the Unreal Garden, which was the first true mixed reality experience, blending multiple layers. I've been consulting with a number of great brands, um, building experiences that are coming to market next year, hopefully.
1: Layla, can you explain for our listeners who may not have experienced virtual and augmented and mixed reality in particular, what is the difference between VR and MR mixed reality?
2: Right. So there's AR, VR and MR. Augmented reality augments your existing space. So you're able to see For the most part, you're able to see your surroundings, see the other people, and then you see um, virtual elements floating in front of the physical environment. Virtual reality is a fully encompassing 360 experience where you're able to be immersed inside of a world. And then mixed reality is where you start to blend multiple technologies together. With the Unreal Garden, we had a um, physical layer that was built like a forest. With rocks and rivers and waterfalls and plants and trees, we added a layer of sound, Amazonic sound, that was um, reactive to where the people were. We also added interactive projections that people could actually engage with. We added a layer of haptics in there, and then the core vehicle was augmented reality using the Microsoft HoloLens. So there's about six layers of content there that people are walking through. And they're able to not only interact with their fellow guests um, in experience, they're also able to interact with the augmented reality content, which in itself might trigger a projection or vice versa, or a haptic uh, experience might unlock some content so that to me is true mixed reality.
1: Sounds magical truly. <laughs>
0: it
2: really does. It really is magical. <laughs> so Leila you are uh, have a passion
0: as we do for human connection and bridging that so-called gap between technology and human connection so explain how immersive technology is being used to connect and bring people together um, whether that be in a, the same location or right now where people can't particularly gather together?
2: First of all, it's a very visceral experience. And so being able to immerse people in an environment, you're able to inspire them in that moment. You're able to teach them certain things like compassion. Um, You're able to allow them to connect, not just with the people around them, but also there might be flora and fauna in the experience. And you're able to make that connection, which then leads to more empathy and compassion with the earth. It's actually a really interesting time for XR, which is extended reality. It's sort of an amalgamation of all these R's. You know, we're truly being tested at the moment to see whether the technology itself is ready and secondarily can truly deliver on creating connection in a remote Manner. So the thing about technology in general, if we're on social media or so, we're still behind a screen. We're still not necessarily fully connected. Even on video, though you're seeing somebody, the immersion is missing. So the ability to really be able to find yourself inside someone else's environment or vice versa, whether it's through VR... Um, Or find yourself in another world completely, but you're sharing it. Or being able to collaborate on a project together. You might have several people across different cities or countries, but able to really collaborate, to work on projects together, to be able to see progress in a way that was never before possible. So I think one opportunity this tech is allowing is for, despite a lot of industry being affected by what's happening with the pandemic, there's still a lot that can keep going because of this technology.
1: One of the things that I think uh, makes immersive tech truly immersive is the haptics piece, right? It's having that sensation. And also something you mentioned earlier, which is this ambisonic sound. Can you talk about kind of where the state of those technologies are and where you see them going?
2: Absolutely. Spatial sound is really um, interesting because what it does is it allows for sound to be pinpointed based on where you're at. So if I'm by a tree and I suddenly hear birds chirping, that makes a lot of sense. And then I'm moving towards what's supposed to be a river and then you start to hear the water. And you know, the sound of the tree might've gone away. So it's, it's really being able to separate and pinpoint those sounds. As far as haptics go, on one hand, you've got companies like Ultraleap. So that was a um, ultra haptics and Leap Motion merger acquisition. And they use ultrasonic waves. Um, to create that haptic feel. So in the Unreal Garden at E3, for example, we had these pedestals in front of a little pond and a rock formation. And each pedestal, when you're in your HoloLens, you could see these AR balls above each of the pedestals. And as you step up, you know to touch the ball and something's going to happen. But what most people did not uh, expect was that as they went to touch the augmented reality ball, which was a virtual object, they encountered physical resistance, which was the sonic waves that were through the ultra haptic device. The other side of haptics is how they're being used in virtual reality. The controllers themselves can turn into any object that really you're using at that moment, whether it's a fighting game, it might be a sword or other things, or you're hammering things in. So What the haptics do is it really sort of adds that layer of real to the experience because you're getting physical feedback. So your brain is starting to really uh, blend into the virtual and not separate that is this real or not.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm curious, what was your inspiration for Unreal Garden? Can you walk us through that?
2: We wanted to use a setting like the Unreal Garden to, uh, to fill it with flora and fauna that exist in the world. Because there's a lot of content out there that's fantasy-related and fantasy-based and fake. But there's a ton of flora and fauna that, um, that look more crazy and magical and fantastical than the stuff that's being imagined Mm -hmm. up that are true Mm -hmm. in the world that exist. I mean, take the Venezuelan poodle moth. If you Google that thing, it's the cutest little, looks like a gremlin with wings and it's pink and it's (laughs) tiny and it's actually real. And most people would look at it and go, what's that character? What movie did that come from? And it's like, no, no, this is true. And so when you're able to fill a world that is fantastical, so people feel safe. They don't feel like they're in this, reality that they have to figure out at that moment when you're able to fill that world with content that's grounded in reality um, and then allow people to connect and learn that through their experience it starts to create this compassion and empathy layer with the earth and with with what we have around us we also wanted to create a an art exhibit of sorts to select artists from around the world. And we believed that we could translate the particular artwork of theirs into augmented reality. With John Park, for example, we chose a oil on canvas piece and we actually created the same oil on canvas, which had a flower and it had some hummingbirds that was viewable virtually. And then when you triggered an action, the birds themselves would come out in AR and would just enhance so that the the painting would come to life in that respect. Um, We worked with an artist in London called Jasmine Protecido. She's a mixed media artist. She generally takes plastic waste and creates beauty out of it, and um, had created these these hands that had a butterfly inside, um, capturing the gentleness of nature. And those were physical hands. And so we were able to recreate those. And then when you activated the art piece, the hands would open in AR and the butterflies would fly out. And so we were able to take existing art and the vision and take the vision of the artist and actually bring that vision to life, which was phenomenal. I think it's a great way to, one, open up um, art to more demographics, as well as offering artists an absolutely new medium to create and a way to monetize work in a new fashion. So you could actually purchase a digital piece if you wanted, and those could come in variety of forms, whether you wanted to have just a flat image on your phone, or you wanted the 3D image on your phone, you wanna buy this piece and the actual piece comes with a HoloLens, you could have it in your living room. Hey everybody, Sam McLean here from InPhase Audio audio producer and editor for the We Get Real AF podcast. I'm so glad to be a part of this podcast, encouraging women and girls to step into emerging technologies and celebrating the accomplishments of those who do. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at McLean Sounds or check out my website, inphase.biz. Thanks for listening.
1: I'm so glad you touched on how the artists are visionary anyway, and for them to experience their own creation in a completely new way has to be very special
0: and for education you know when you can look at a piece of art and potentially have the artist pop out in front of you or beside you and talk about what was going through their brain when they created the piece what was going on politically uh, you know talk about all of the history things that go along with art because they're so interconnected um, so can you talk to us a little bit about that about art and education. I'll be honest,
2: I, I've, I've been a little disappointed with the application of AR, VR, or at least AR in, in museums or art to date. I feel that it's not capitalizing on the power of the tech. I've been in the art world for a long time through my family. I've been privy to the fine art world, at least in that way. And, and there were so many frustrations that I felt um, was what what triggered and inspired sort of doing the Unreal Garden. I think think the challenge with AR and art to date, for the most part, is what it's doing is it's taking a painting or an art piece, and it's just bringing it forward. One of the things that the tech allows for is uh, to embody the journey that is the art. And that journey is what the artist is intending when they're thinking about it, when they're creating. There's emotion, there's movement. There's all of that that doesn't exist in a still piece. So I I think the opportunity is to use XR to help bring audiences into the mind of the artist and experience the piece as they might have attended it. The art world and the fine art world just looks at art as it's one way or no way. Well, that's that's not true. And I think it's time for that paradigm to be broken.
0: I think that you hit something very important that artists that you currently work with are so excited to incorporate this mm-hmm. with their artwork. So I'm thinking, goodness, some of these artists that obviously are no longer with us, how excited would they be to bring something so innovative into the art world so that someone can you know, learn more about how they wanted to project their image?
1: And I agree with you, Layla, that we need to break the paradigm of the very traditional way of appreciating art because there's so much more that we can unpack and and really connect with the creator. And we should absolutely leverage technology to do that.
2: Absolutely, and also um, accepting artists of all shapes and sizes, I guess is the best way to put it, is um, a digital creator who's creating 3D animation for a video game. That might be their paying job, but not necessarily their inspiration. With platforms like this, they're able to then you know, bring their passion to bear in a way that hasn't been possible to date
1: so beyond the unreal garden what would be your dream project to create unlimited resources
2: (laughs) what would you do you know i've been playing around with the idea and i want to make this happen and if somebody listening to this wants to make this happen great is um the integration of augmented reality inside of a 360 geodesic dome the the integration of 360 content with AR. Imagine you're in a dome and you've got the, the the galaxy in video content around you, surrounding you. But then I see the Milky Way and I hold my hand out. I've got an AR headset on and I click on it and it comes out. And you're now enveloped around it. You're able to explore it in a very different way, but fully immersed. And then it goes back. So there's a scale. So you're able to feel the magnitude of the universe while also getting up close and personal so For me, it's about creating experiences that connect us back to ourselves, to each other and the earth. It's about using this tech to do good, but you can do that in really fun, entertaining ways. So just because it's educational doesn't mean it has to be boring.
1: Right, and I think that's such a huge point. Uh, You know, I remember when um, our local art gallery here in Raleigh had a Monet exhibit and I was so excited to bring my daughters to it. And because they had to stand and read a little plaque it was almost like a distraction. And I think it's so important, and Vanessa and I talk about this a lot, for the educational mindset to shift
0: that we don't have to do things the way they've always been done. A memorable experience, an experience that you have been completely immersed in can forever change you. And that leaves a huge impact on you know young brains. It really
2: does. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. One of the other things that the tech allows for is... I mean, we've talked about compassion and empathy, but it's the way you can teach that. For example, a Hololens, similar to a mobile phone, has the accelerometer, so it can, you know, it can feel the pace and speed by which you move. Now, I'm walking through, let's say, this forest landscape, and there's a flock of colorful something um, that gets my attention—peacocks or some some crazy creature—and as depending on age, you know. Most of us, even adults, get excited about this thing. But let's say I'm a human, so I get excited. I might come on a little strong. And in real life, if you're, you know, you come on a little strong to a group of birds, they would just fly off. Um, Similarly, here, now the technology can feel the speed and pace. So at that moment, as you approach, they go away. And there's a moment. Of disappointment. Now, if if one out of 20, one out of 100 people made the association of, wait, was that my behavior? You know, I did that, and then me just being calm and gentle here, you know, and they come back, just little things like that, the power of this tech um, to be used for good. And I think this period of sheltering in place or you know, the next phase, whatever that looks like, is still going to have more remote and at home and distance, than you know, we won't be back to normal for a couple of years, I think. So I think where there's an opportunity here that really interesting is that in between, how do you bridge in-home and out-of-home in a way that's unique and keep people in the worlds, allow them to stay connected in some ways. Video games, this several years ago, before social media really took off, um, of creating these platforms that allow people to remain in world, that allow them to check in and connect. And so I think to date, we've been seeing it's either in-home or it's out-of-home and there's nothing that's bridging that. And I think we can get to a place where we can create that bridge. And I'm not sure what that looks like quite yet, but but I, I think it can you can create in-home experiences that encourage the extension that's out-of-home. That's not like it's going to take you down a hole of video games and you're stuck for the next 24 hours. Awesome. Well, this has been
0: such a great conversation. We really appreciate you being on. You're just so lovely and worldly and have great insight. So we really, really appreciate it. We have what we call a lightning round okay. where we just ask questions um, to get to know you better. They some are technology related, others, it can be whatever, you know, comes to your mind and from your heart. So we'll we'll start with the first one. Finish this sentence. Women are
2: tomorrow's leaders.
0: Mm, yes. spirit. What are three pieces of advice that you would
1: give your younger self?
2: Save, save, save the money, save it. That's like, I'd say that over and over again. Like, <laughs> stop <selling it>. um, <laughs> I, I, that would be one big one. Not to be afraid to fail because failure is actually the best learning. I go back to my word pronoia (laughs) that I've learned from
0: our friend Esprit Devora. Pronoia is the idea that the universe is uh, conspiring in your favor, even in times where it may not seem that way. So even if it's like something negative, quote unquote, in your mind that has happened, it's all for, it's all working in your favor. So the universe is always conspiring in your favor and just go with it.
2: Absolutely.
0: What is your current favorite application or use case
2: of tech for good? VR can do so much good for so many. Accessibility for people who uh, can't physically um, experience something. Accessibility for those that can't financially experience something. Um, You know, giving someone an experience that they would never be able to have. I mean, it's just, I've got goosebumps going on right now. The, The power of the reality of VR and where it transports you to, and the fact that it can give people a life that might not have had one, that for me is, yeah, that's the best use case.
1: What issue do you most hope technology will help to resolve in the future?
2: The ability to connect us deeper with ourselves, but also each other. Uh, even in the most remote of cases. So we're seeing it on steroids with video calls right now. We're human beings, we need social contact, we need that real connection, that's important. We can't just be hidden at home. But where we're in a world that that's not always possible, how can we create that? What inspires you? People, truly, human beings inspire me. Our capabilities, our abilities are just you know, compassion when when we're, when we're faced with something, the resilience of humans. I mean, this is a phenomenal time to be alive, to witness, as much as it's crazy. But the power of community, the resilience of human beings, and when it counts and when it matters, people stepping up, that's what inspires me. All right, Miss Layla, describe the future in one word. Weird and exciting is where I'd go with it. Yes and yes. I <laughs> agree. Yeah. yeah. Because I, I, it is going to be weird for a minute, but, you know, we, and I don't and I think weird's a bad thing. Weird's pretty cool. If they like, could just roll with it. Roll with it and, like, just, you know, don't resist it, you know, and, and um, yeah, weird can be wonderful. I agree. I do too. Love that.
1: Fill in the blank. Blank. Like a girl.
2: Rock like a girl. Or kick ass like a girl. I mean, just... Yeah. All the things like well,
0: how can people connect with you and find you online?
2: You can find me pretty much on all channels. I'm pretty readily available. Uh, Twitter is Layla Connects. That's C N X. So L E I L A C N X. That's my handle. Uh, email Layla L E I L A at meshconnects c o n n e c t s dot com. Um, or find me Layla Mistagi. Facebook, LinkedIn. I'm around. I get around. I'm not um, so yeah, please feel free to reach out anytime. Uh, I love talking. I'm very honored and grateful to have been um, pulled in somewhat last minute, but in great, I mean perfect situation by Jackie Maury and Kate McCullen, who um, who really drove this book project that is called The Global impacts and roles of immersive media. I think there's about 24, 25 chapters um, that is also 24, 25 uh, authors, co-authors, crossing a wide spectrum of immersive. A fascinating book. It's just a tome, though, and it's massive and it's expansive, but it's more academic and research-based. My uh, chapter was on location-based entertainment and how immersive technology can make us more human.
0: Amazing, amazing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Don't forget to like, comment, and to subscribe to the podcast. We also want to give a big shout out and thanks to Sam McLean for
1: providing sound production for the show. You can find Sam on Instagram at McLean Sounds, that's M-C-L-E-A-N-S-O-U-N-D-S, and to our voiceover artist, Veronica Horta, for her show introduction. You can find Veronica on LinkedIn by
0: searching for Veronica
1: Horta, H-O-R-T-A.
0: We'll meet you back here next time for another great conversation about high tech with cool women.